This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his companions, his household, we ask Allah to bless them, to bless every one of us, to accept from us the fasting that we've been engaging in and the standing in taraweeh that we've been engaging in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us. More than that, may Allah grant us the consciousness of the condition of our hearts and may He help us to develop the heart. May we become from among those who only utter the best of speech from our mouths, for indeed that is a sign of how close you are to Allah or how far. So for those of us who are conscious of what comes out of our mouths, good news to you of Jannah, because Jannah is filled with those who say good words. Jannah is filled with those who stop themselves from uttering bad language, vulgar language, abusive language, and hurtful language. My brothers and sisters, if you want paradise, you need to watch your mouth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us conscious of our mouths. As much as people think that you know you will only earn Jannah by reading the Quran, by engaging in salah, by fasting in Ramadan, and by giving charities to the poor, while we don't undermine the value of these great acts of worship, Islam is a balanced way of life. It teaches us that when you do deeds, you should never ever compromise those good deeds by bad deeds that will result in the diminishing of the reward of those good deeds because they are given to someone else. A person you have hurt or harmed or slandered or backbitten about, a person whom you have cheated or deceived, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. This evening we read verses of Surah An-Nisa. I was not meant to actually complete, but the brothers suggested that if you are up to it, you may carry on. So I decided let's continue. I hope I didn't bore the brothers and sisters, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's word is definitely never boring. It's just us. Sometimes the manner in which we read and recite, the manner in which we stand sometimes, how much we've eaten at the time of iftar also determines how you feel during taraweeh. Let's not be fooled. He who comes or she who comes having filled her or his belly to the brim cannot expect to go up and down in an act of worship where lots of energy is required. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. I'm not discouraging you from the beautiful iftar, but what I am telling you, is let's calm down a little bit. Wallahi, a tip that I will teach you today. You can take it from me and teach others after you practice on it. The less you eat in the month of Ramadan, the healthier you feel. Whether it is for suhoor or iftar, try it out. I repeat that because you people are just looking at me as though I think you're making a mistake here. <laughs> the less you eat for iftar and for suhoor, the less you eat in the nights of Ramadan, the more healthy and energetic you shall feel and the less hungry you will feel through the day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us barakah. Surah An-Nisa is a surah where 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically honors the women. Amazing. There is no surah in the Quran, and I say this all the time, that is called surah al-rijal. Right? The surah of the men. It's not there. Why? Subhanallah. One brother says it's a shame. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May Allah grant us ease. My brothers and sisters, remember, when Allah tells you, O people, be conscious of Allah, at the beginning of Surah An-Nisa, He means it. We need to be conscious of Allah. The word taqwa, taqwa, people translate it as the fear of Allah. People say the consciousness of Allah. It is actually the development of a holistic relationship with Allah. That is taqwa, the development of a holistic relationship with Allah. I would not be wrong if I were to say, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullaha. Oh, you who believe, develop a holistic relationship with Allah as a translation of that. May Allah grant that to us. Anything you do to gain closeness to Allah is a part of taqwa Allahi. You are here in the house of Allah. It is because of the love of Allah. He brought you here. He put it in your heart to come. He made you want to come. So you came. You are a guest of Allah. So Allah is warning us right at the beginning. Oh people, be conscious of your maker. Rabbakum. Rabbun is the one who is in control of your entire existence and your whole life. The sustenance, the nourishing, the cherishing, the providing, all of that in the hands of Rabbun, the one who is called Rabbun. So Allah says, I am your Rabb. Be conscious of the one who created you, the one who is in control of your life. He created you from one soul, from it, the female, and from the two of them. He caused a multitude of male and female to spread the earth. Then he says again, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ Be conscious of Allah or develop your relationship with Allah and be conscious of that Allah whose name you use when you want to take an oath. When you want people to believe you, whose name do you use? You cannot use anyone else's name besides Allah. I will tell you, Wallahi my brother, Wallahi my sister, because I want you to believe me. I can't say anyone else's name. I could say something related to Allah. For example, I can say, Warabbil Ka'bah, which means I swear by the Lord of the Ka'bah. It's still Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is telling us, and be conscious of the wombs. In other words, develop the correct relationship with the wombs that have given birth to you, the women, your sisters, your mothers, your daughters, whoever else, your aunts, and the rest of the womankind. Allah is warning us all. And one of the primary things He starts with in this blessed surah, He tells us, watch out about how you treat the orphans, more so the females from amongst them. When Allah loved the most of his love was for who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the most beloved unto Allah. No doubt. We are mu'mineen. It is our faith and conviction. But Allah chose for him to be an orphan. Subhanallah. It was a sign of the love of Allah. Brothers and sisters, when Allah gives you, it's not a sign that He's happy with you. And when Allah takes away from you, it's not a sign that He's upset with you. Remember that. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided to do that to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in turn, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ana wa kafilul yatimika hataini fil jannati. Myself and the one who takes care of an orphan shall be just like these two fingers and he showed with his first and second finger put together in Jannah, subhanAllah, in paradise. You look after an orphan. The greatest of men are those who can take care of children who don't belong to them biologically. Wow. One of the deepest statements you'll ever hear in terms of the social living that we have. The greatest of men are those who can take care of sons and daughters of others. Be it that you married a widow or a divorcee who had the children of another and you happen to raise them with honor and dignity for you is Jannah. Subhanallah. Or be they children who may not have any parents at all or even if they did have parents to honor the children of others, Allah will honor yours. You want your children to grow in order. Be concerned about the children of others as well. Watch what happens to yours. The problem with us, we are selfish. I'm worried about me and my little circle. That's the problem. When that happens, we don't realize that in order for that circle to be secure, we need those around the circle to be secure. If you haven't secured all of them, the contamination that's about to happen due to the external factors with your own children, even if the internal environment within the home was superb, will actually fail. Because no one took care of the whole community. That's why my brothers and sisters, this surah teaches us community service, social service. Are you ready to go out and look after the sick and the ill, be they related to you or not? Are you prepared to go and take care of the widows without seeking sexual favors in return? Are you ready to go and look after the widows and the, their children, the orphans, the males and the females, solely and only for the pleasure of Allah? Where are those men? Where are those women? Subhanallah. We are lacking. What hasn't Allah given us? I always say, if you go back many years, 10 years, 15 years, and you look at where you were 20 years ago, where your father was a generation back, where you are today, wallahi, you are in a much better position than they are or were or than you were. You have more. You have a better life. Take a look at your roots, where they come from. Go back to that village. Go and check them. Look at where you are. That is the virtue of Allah. It is the mercy of Allah. But man, he just wants it for himself. Allah says, reach out to others. We will reach out to you. Subhanallah. So the beginning point is that of orphans. Orphans. Allah says, watch out. Give the due of the orphans to the orphans and do not exchange their good wealth with your bad wealth. Orphan has a property, he has a house, you suddenly sold it and replaced it with a, something else far away that's value is perhaps less or there is some other problem in it and you say, don't worry, when you were young, your father left this for you. No, no, no. Allah is watching. Allah says in the verses we read tonight, who 
in this dunya you may be able to get away with your little argument but on the day of judgment you can never ever ever win against Allah you cannot present those arguments he knows that is Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal Allah knows so make amends Allah says watch out treat them well give them what is theirs their due give it to them and Allah continues to make mention of a massive issue that is a crisis in the ummah my brothers and sisters every one of us comes with sustenance from the heavens Allah has written how much money you're going to have if you take a look and you were to write in a book to calculate how much money you have spent in the last two years you will be shocked how much Allah gave you how much money did you spend in the last five years in the last ten years you will be shocked it will go to a million and you will wonder how did I get it I wish I didn't use it and I had all of it now but you needed it to eat to drink for everything else you spent it it was a thousand a month to a two thousand for example every a thousand a week fifty two thousand how did I have that in the year in those weeks and sometimes it's ten thousand and twenty and the you know the more plush and lush you'd like to live the more the amount will become May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to calculate in these verses we heard tonight. Inna Allah kana ala kulli shay'in hasiba. Indeed Allah is the one who takes full accounts of everything. Full accounts. That verse was mentioned regarding the greeting. Allah says we are watching. When someone greets you, how do you greet back? I'm just watching. I'll take account of it. That's what Allah says. If someone says, Assalamu alaikum, if you just walked away, Allah says, we watched it, we wrote it. You shall pay. Allahu Akbar. May Allah forgive us. Pay what? You pay the price. You didn't reply. But you know this guy, I don't care who this guy. The fact that he greeted you, you greet back. It's over. If you didn't want to greet initially, it's your weakness. But you have the greeting, you reply. You know why? The greeting in Islam is a dua. It's not just a mere greeting. It's a prayer for you. Someone prayed for you. May peace be upon you. Tell them, peace be upon you too. Subhanallah, what else? What's the big deal? Subhanallah. Can you not respond? So Allah says, we take account of even that much, the greeting, what you did. So do you think Allah is not going to take an account of that which is bigger than that? We all come with our own sustenance, but where we have more wealth, we have a bigger problem. Do you know what it is? The children are waiting for dad to die because he has 50 million. Imagine he's holding 5 million of mine. He just needs to close his eyes. It's a reality. That's how people are thinking today. Some people have arranged the death of their folks. Because they want the wealth. And that's why the hadith says, Man ista'jala shay' Or it's, an, it's a law of Islam. Qabla awanihi, uqiba bihirmanihi. Al-qatilu la yarith. It's a hadith. The murderer does not inherit from the one he murdered. It's a hadith. Whoever tries to make haste for something, they won't get it. That's what the hadith says. That's what the law states in Islam. In order to protect us. Why are you so worried about earning from your father and your mother and your folks? You need to get up and do your own thing, please. When that comes, it's a bonus. It's not primary. 
It's a bonus. You may do something with it, alhamdulillah, but don't have your eyes fixated on it in that way. That you know what? That's my money. No! I recall a person who went to his father and said, give me my inheritance. Father says, can't you see I'm breathing? Subhanallah. Does it look like I'm dead? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Worse than all of that is when we cheat our sisters because we say, Daddy gave you when he was alive. Wow. What are you worried about? The 5 million, the 10 million, the 20 million, the whatever the figure is, you are not going to be able to use it. It's a test from Allah. What you don't understand and what I fail to understand at times is there is more blessing in what is done correctly than the figures that are wrong. You might think, hey, gosh, you know, I'll be able to get 20,000 here, another 10,000 here, another 5,000 there. If it is through deception, you watch what Allah does. You know, I want to teach you something about zakah. It's a little bit scary, but listen to this. When you don't calculate that zakah properly, and you don't give it properly, Allah takes it away from you by hook or crook. Did you hear that? Allah takes it away from you. So if someone's zakah is 20,000, for example, and they don't want to give it, and they this, they that, suddenly car crash, and what happened? You had to spend exactly 20 grand on the car crash. Why? Allah took it. He showed you that was my money, not yours. If for every hundred we give you, two and a half is mine. Before it even comes to you, it's mine. Give it to me. How? When you came on earth, you had zero. When you leave, you're going to have zero. I'm telling you that I want this. The tax man charges us more. But we have to give. Why? Because we are worried. Every little thing you've got to write. Bank. Why did I transfer? My uncle. Another one. Loan. Another one. Repayment of loan. What else? We know. Because now they want to know. But for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we prepare to say, no, it's okay, don't worry. Allah knows, you know, my money is tied. You know, my jewelry is tied. You know, my this is tied. Tied what? You will be tied just now. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Open it up. Give the wealth. Allah will give you more. Spend, O son of Adam, and it shall be spent on you. It's the third time I'm saying this in Ramadan. Because it's a month of giving. Work your zakat out and give the benefit of the doubt and give it with a whole heart. Watch what happens the following year. When the poor people have gotten money through you, Allah will shower it on you because He knows they're going to get through you. There goes. Those poor people will make dua. That man, we know where his money goes. You know that big business, two and a half percent shares belongs to us here. So they are making dua for that business. Amazing. Allahu Akbar. But we don't look at it that way. You get the dua. That is why according to some scholars, your zakat is supposed to be delivered to the poor around where you are doing business. Because they watch, they see, they witness, they check you go in and come out when they are in a better position because you are spending on them. You will be safe, secure, safeguarded. They pray for you. There is a happy community because people know, mashallah, the business is flourishing. We hope this uncle makes millions because we are getting a few thousand from them. Subhanallah. Amazing. Give. So I was telling you, when you don't give, Allah says, wait, 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 that's mine. We'll take it away. Something burnt down. What happened? Burnt down. How much money? Exact figure. Go and check it out. It got taken away. Either you give it properly or we take it from you. It's like when the tax man comes, I'm going to give you this example because this is language we understand. 
when the tax man only knocks the door, the blood pressure by opening that door is such that you can already feel all those amounts you've been scooping come out. Subhanallah. You're looking and swallowing. Welcome. Everything is in order. But nothing happened yet. We are so worried. And you know when the man comes, he'll take more away from you. Allah is telling you, no way. We've asked for a negligible percentage. Negligible. Take it out, give it. Give it to people. Be happy. Let's let see them become blessed. You know, there is something again that I would like to mention here. Your children, some people are so miserly, they have so much of wealth, they don't even want to spend on their own spouse and their children and brothers and sisters. You are a millionaire and your brother is suffering. A'udhu Billah. The Quran tells you, take care of your family members and you haven't. Why? Just get of my wife. She told me no. I can't give to my broom. I can't. Not my brother. No. You know the tantrum she'll make. My brother, what relationship do you have? That man has a weak relationship with Allah. When you are not conscious of Allah, you become conscious of everything besides Allah. You build a beautiful relationship with Allah. You will find even in your family, things will come in order by the will of Allah. May He grant us that order. How can you be frightened? Your brothers, your sisters, even your in-laws, take care of them. What's wrong? If Allah blessed you, let them feel that. There's nothing wrong. Because you are only going to get a reward for what you spent while you were alive. I always laugh at people who say, you know, when I die, I want my son to make a borehole for me and build a masjid for me. Why do I laugh at them? I say, but you are alive. Do it now. That's the thing. Every one of us waits to read Quran for another dead person. I'm not talking of the ruling and the argument of whether it's allowed or not. That's on its own. I'm talking about what's happening, right? So who's reading Quran for themselves? Thank you. Do you get the point? Read for yourself, myself. I need it. Come on. When I read it, my folks are already going to get a reward. Whoever helped me in any way. When I make dua for my family members, my parents, they will get that reward. Subhanallah. The point I'm raising is while you're alive, do things. Do a little bit. Give a bit of charity. People are struggling across the globe. But to start with, don't have cheated someone. No. You're not going to go far. You won't go far. Especially the women folk learn to look after them. Learn to give them. Today, take a look at how people look at Islam. And how people look at the way Islam treats women. Unfortunately, they are judging based on what we do and not based on what we are supposed to be doing. We have taken the rights away from women because of cultural shackles rather than Islamic injunctions. We don't allow them things based on cultural shackles. And I'm not joking with you, I'm honest. It is a fact. We are guilty. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about the issues of inheritance. These verses are the most serious verses in the whole Quran. There's nowhere in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that a person who doesn't do what I tell them in, as a Muslim, you claim to be a Muslim and you haven't sorted your wills out according to what I have said. Allah says, for such a person, there is hellfire. 
For how long? The term used is Khalidan fiha. In literal Arabic it means there forever. But the ulama say there for a long time. It's like when someone is not coming out of somewhere. How long have they been in there? They've been in there forever, which means for a very long time. Right? May Allah forgive us. Don't ever, don't ever compromise your whole akhirah, your whole paradise because of a few dollars and rands. It's not worth it. Let it go. Allah will give you here and he'll give you later as well. Don't cheat someone. Don't even deceive them. Let it happen. So what? How much are you going to amass? Wallahi, we are sitting very happy. We are breathing. We are calm. That alone is a gift that less than 50% on earth have. Do you know that? There are wars, there are sicknesses, there are diseases, there are natural disasters all across the globe. Go and check the people dying, floods, right while we are speaking now. There are people who don't know where they're going to sleep tonight. And here we are sitting five star, Santon, mashallah, Santon. When people hear Santon, it's like, whoa, it's already 1,000 rands more. <laughs> May Allah forgive us. That's why I was telling uh, brother Ismail, doctor here a while ago, he was telling me, you must see the plans of how this masjid shall be. I said, I'm waiting. This is Santon. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. I'm really waiting. We want to see. You have competition. There is Midrand on one side and there is the other masjid down the road in Houghton, the other side. Let's see what Santon does. We're not competing to beautify. We're competing to fill the masjid, inshallah. Say Amen. I'm very happy to have been here this evening. You know. And really, I, I enjoyed myself simply because the brotherhood is always something I look forward to. It makes me happy. I entered the masjid, I see so many faces I know, and those I don't know with broad, broad smiles. And the best of smiles are those with a few teeth missing. It looks so good, subhanallah. You wonder were those gold teeth that disappeared or were they normal? But my brothers and sisters, lovely. The verses of Allah always remind us to be better people, to develop relationship with Allah. Watch how you treat your women. Treat them well. Don't hold them back in a way that you are punishing, penalizing them. When you know the marriage is broken beyond repair, let them go. Subhanallah. Allah is telling you that. People are saying, how? If you tried and you tried again and really the marriage is toxic, haven't you heard men say, I won't issue this talaq, I'm going to fix her. I'll show you. And someone says, she can apply to the jamiyat to get a nullification. Ha, ha, ha. You really think so? I'll show you. It's a man's world. That's what we say. You're wrong. It's Allah's world. You might hold back something. Watch how Allah does a comeback. Watch how Allah does a comeback. In another aspect of your life. And you won't know. That is why. When something goes wrong in your life. At that juncture, people will come to you and say, don't worry, it's a test. Don't worry, it's okay. Don't worry, Allah is just testing you. I want to tell you now, now. Because now, right now, there's no like major problem that I know of right now here. They are lying to you. That answer is correct as a secondary level. Primary level, when something goes wrong, ask yourself, have I wronged someone? That's the first question. What am I doing? What's the beans I'm in? Do I have a relationship with Allah? No. 
Well then I'm paying for it. That's what it is. Did I wrong someone? Perhaps. You know I know of someone whose life went upside down recently. I happened to sit with him and tell him, no, it's a test. He says, listen, I heard one of your talks. You said, first we must look at who we robbed. He says, you know, like 30 years ago, there was a guy who I really harassed. And he told me, one day Allah will show you. He says, I have it in my heart that today is the day. How many years? Three zero, three decades later. That's why I say, be careful. Don't harm people. What are you gaining by it? It will come back to haunt you. Even your own family members, your spouse is the blessed child of someone else. They may or may not be there at the moment to defend him or her. But you treat each other with respect, with honor, with dignity. Fill the rights of others. That's what Islam teaches you. You lead a better quality of life and you go into Jannah. What's the point of wanting every rose in the bush when you only need one? Subhanallah. Check some people understood what I just said. <laughs> Look after your rose. Allah will make it a whole rose bush on its own. But no, you have the roses in your hand and you're, you just say, right, where's the other roses? And you're looking around here. <laughs> but hang on. Be focused on what you have. And Allah will open your doors. May Allah grant us happiness. You have children. Those who don't ask them. May Allah bless them with children. Focus on them. They need you. Today the world is suffering. Primarily because we as parents don't spend enough time with our own children. They are orphans with both parents. How's that? Orphans, but they have both parents. Parents are never there. Subhanallah. This is why Allah tells us, Surah An-Nisa is very beautiful, very broad. It has a lot of topics in it. But I've just only spoken from the beginning. I thought I'd keep it light. We don't want to get too heavy, you know. It's Ramadan. I told myself I'd speak for 30 minutes. Guess what? 30 minutes are up. <laughs> Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. Amen. It's a pity tomorrow is not a holiday, is it? It's not a holiday. It's Jumu'ah. So inshallah we'll wrap up a little bit, uh, inshallah, in a few moments. But my brothers and sisters, spend a moment with the Qur'an. Learn to read, read with a passion. Correct your recitation, you get a reward for every letter you read even without understanding it, but you get an equal reward for trying to understand it. Remember, the Quran doesn't have only one right of recitation. It has an equal right of trying to understand it. Many of us have made a mistake. We only have one. I might be able to recite very melodiously. What does it mean? Don't know. Don't know. Surah Al-Fatiha, make an effort to learn what it means. You'll enjoy it. Then when you're reading it, you just love it. Wow, subhanallah. You really believe you alone we worship. You alone we seek the help from. Wow, mashallah. You loved it because you knew its meaning. But with us, many times we just say, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Rahim. Maybe it's a correct recitation, but you never ever thought of it. That's why you don't get the contentment and the calmness that the Quran delivers to the one who ponders over its verses. Ponder. You get the calmness. So my brothers and sisters, when we have our studies at the universities and at schools, how many books do we study? Hundreds, right? How big are those books? Right? Hundreds of them. And we learn them. And we swat. It's not only swatting, but sweating as well. Right? And Allah tells you your whole life. You see, these books that you are studying, 
They're going to give you a job for a few years, maybe, if you're lucky. I promise you. Nowadays, I know of people who've studied big, big degrees in university. They graduate and go into a totally different field because there was no job in the field that they wanted, right? The brothers here are whispering at each other because they know people like that, right? The one is saying me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. But they are earning. Allah says for this world and for a few years, 40 years of your life, less 30 years of your life, you were prepared to study big, big books and you knew them off by heart. Or you, you studied them and you knew them thoroughly because you wanted a bit of a comfortable life for 40 years. And you are not prepared to study the word of Allah that is just one book that is going to take you into Jannatul Firdaus, everlasting bliss. Come on, come on. What type of a comparison is that? One book. Allah says, just study this. It's been 30 years, I still haven't studied it. If that other book happened to be introduced in my life last week, and the exam was this week, I wouldn't sleep. But the Quran, I'm sleeping every day, snoring. Get up. I don't even read Salah, or maybe I do. But I'm not interested in what the word of Allah says. So I don't participate in the lectures in the masjid or the lessons or the tafsir or the hadith. I've got no relationship with any of the scholars and ulama. I've got nothing to prove and to go to with Allah or to go with to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's prepare for the day we meet with Allah. Ramadan is a beautiful month. It's a month of recollection. Now that I might have sounded a little bit hard, let me give you the good, the good side to it. In Islam, you are rewarded by your intention. That's so brilliant. I intend the day that I get 50 million to give away 2 million, inshallah. My intention. Allah says, if you are genuine, reward. Without the money. Let's start intending, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with that. I gave you one example that everyone would intend, but there is another example. Start intending, I'm going to read a verse every day. One verse. How many verses? With the meaning. With the meaning. One verse with the meaning every day. How many? One verse with the meaning. How long will it take? A minute or two. One verse with the meaning. Today I received a message from someone who said, and this is why it prodded me to say this. I said, many years ago you said one verse a day. I started it, it's been four or five years, and I've actually, I now read five pages a day. Wow. Some of you might have seen that message. It's open, it's online, one of the platforms. So I thought, let me say that again today. It works. One verse with its meaning every day, the Quran will suck you in. Why? You are developing, developing a relationship with the word of Allah. There will come a time, wallahi, when it will develop a relationship with you. And then, there's something shocking that will happen to you. You want to hear it? إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ On one hand, Allah says, we are the ones who reveal this Qur'an. We will protect it. Have you heard that verse before? Now let's look at the other side of that verse. If you make an effort to learn the Qur'an, the Qur'an will protect you. So rather than saying, Allah protects the Quran. The Quran is in my heart, so Allah has to protect me. Do you find what I'm saying? So if you want to be protected by Allah, the best thing you could ever do is start learning the Quran. Allah says you have to have guards. 
Bodyguards. Angels walking with you wherever you're going. You're a happy man. Why? Imagine if you have a diamond worth so many million and you're walking with it. There would be 20, 30 guards with guns all around you walking with you, right? Subhanallah. The Quran is far more valuable than that. Allah says we will place angels around you. We promised we're going to protect this book and you have it in your heart. Hence, we have to protect you. That is the reverse of it. That's why I say the intention you make. Oh Allah, I'm starting one verse. The idea is I'll finish. Inshallah. If you die without finishing it, you will have a reward of having completed it because Allah doesn't mind whether you finished it or not. Allah says, we will judge all the actions based on the underlying intention. What was your intention? Have some good intentions, alhamdulillah. And let's not be like those whom, when someone says, do we make an intention, brothers? The older brothers say, yes. And then when it comes time to do what they intended, then they all back off and they're gone. Where are they, brothers? They all disappeared. May Allah bless you all. May Allah grant us ease. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to protect each other, to protect our family members, to be kind to our wives, our children, our sisters, our brothers, our in-laws, whoever they are. Imagine when, if a day were to come when you mention in-laws and people think of the best possible thing. Today there is a stigma, right? When you want to give a bad example, you just got to say, hey, my mother-in-law, what else? But that's not true. It's not the case. I know of some brilliant mother-in-law, mothers-in-law, starting with my own, subhanallah. Well, I have to say that, by the way. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of us. Barakallah feekum. May Allah grant us goodness in this dunya and the akhirah. I know I might have worded it a little bit with a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, lightness in what I've said, but the message deep down is very heavy. Please take it, my brothers and sisters, and please do something about it. It will help us all, myself to begin with, and then all of you.